Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckstables? What the fuck, a guy? I've been corrected. Okay? Thank you for that. Thank you, attentive listener who decided that more than one fuckalupapus was what the fuckalupaguy. Anyway, look, people, this is Mark Marin. This is WTF. It's a little chaotic. It's late at night. I saw the master today, uh, and I have to uh, be straight up with you. Uh, I'm going to need a few days. I don't know how I feel about it. I can't uh, quite put together an opinion. I'm not sure what I took in. Uh, it seems to uh, exude a tone and a vibe that uh, that implies to me that I, I need to, to process this. My immediate reaction was it looked perfect in terms of a time, an era, a feel. The acting was tremendous. I have no idea what to make of it. Perhaps if I sleep on it, I will, uh, I will be with you with an opinion the next time I talk to you. And by the way, that will be Wednesday. We are doing three shows this week. Great week. We've got... Uh, Kerry Kenny, of course, from the state and Reno 911 today. On Wednesday, we've got the artist Christopher Cooper, Chris Cooper, Coop, the poster artist and painter. That's uh, that's going to be a great episode. And on uh, Friday, Lauren Bouchard, the uh, creator of Bob's Burgers, co-creator of uh, Home Movies, and uh, originally uh, got his got into the world of animation uh, with Doctor Cats, which I appeared on, as did many of the guests you've heard on this show. Amazing week three shows the master i am still thinking about it but i don't know what to think i i don't know if that's cowardly on my part it's not that i'm uh, avoiding an opinion i just don't fucking know i have no idea what it was about i saw it and i don't quite know it had an impact on me let me process it just back off leave me alone it's worth seeing i will tell you that i'm just i'm not sure everything it, it has not fallen into the slots in my brain yet all the cards haven't lined up I'll get back to you on that. Great performances, though. Amy Adams acted the fuck out of that movie. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix did great. Hoffman was great. Laura Dern, great. Looked great. Have no idea how to feel about it. I don't know if I, I, I don't know what's going on. That's what I can tell you. It's been a difficult day over here. Boomer, I think, got the shit beat out of him by the cat who's, who's the freeloader on my, uh, on my deck. The crazy stray, some of you know, a scaredy cat. Boomer seems to have taken a hit. Got a little blood on him. Don't know what's going on. He's not limping. I don't know what to say. I'm a little pissed off at that cat. Don't know what to do when you've got a crazy stray cat that's beating up on your guy and they're still hanging out together. I don't know. I don't understand the world of cats. I know I'm pissed off at him. He's not. I don't know if it was the evil deaf black cat. That cat's evil. The cockeyed deaf black cat, I would expect this kind of behavior from. But this motherfucker who I've been feeding for over three years, who now lives here, shouldn't be beating up on my guy. He's too old for that shit. You know, you get to a point where you're just too old for that shit. Cut the guy some slack. Can't you tell? Have a little respect. This is an old guy here. I don't know what to do about it. You can't, I, there's nothing I can do. They're just going to have to work it out amongst themselves, but I hope he doesn't hurt Boomer too much. Boomy, come in here a minute. Take, take a break from that bastard. If that's who did it, not that crazy black fucking cat. Anyways, I'm a little worked up. I was feeling a little ill. And uh, I'm still one of these guys that hangs on to the hopes of tinctures, tinctures and spirits of kinds, elixirs, things you buy at the health food store, 
things to hang your hope on that are ridiculous. Extracts and oils. I take uh, oregano oil when I feel like I'm getting a cold. I feel like I told you about this before, but I was told by a fishmonger in Astoria, Queens, who was told by a guitar store owner across the street who was told by a fisherman that oregano oil is the shit. Oregano oil will kill, if you time it right, will kill anything viral, anything bacterial, anything that's attacking you on a cellular level. It will kill that shit. And I believe it if it's coming from a fisherman. I'll believe a fisherman. I won't believe a fisherman is God, but I will believe a fisherman knows about taking care of himself because he's out there among the elements, on the boats, understanding things. This is all coming back to the master, isn't it? Now, many of you believe, and probably rightfully so, that once you get hit, you're not going to be able to stop it with anything but fluids and rest. Maybe some vitamin C. I'll take that too. But I got, hang my hope. I hang my hope on the oregano oil. So I happened to buy this small bottle of oregano oil at Whole Foods. I didn't know the brand. I had not bought it before. But I knew I I need to have some in the house. I have the tablets too. That sometimes work. I used to take them on planes as a preemptive measure. Just I'd be sweating spaghetti sauce. So I woke up. I felt that the scratchiness in my throat. I felt the, the tug on my being. The tug of a sickness. The tug of my immune system in battle with something. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to hit the oregano oil. So I took a full dropper of this oregano oil, which is strong, which got a little, a little kick to it. And I squirted a full dropper right into the back of my throat. And my throat started to burn like bad, like, oh, my God, this is not this is too much. This is too much. And I felt it burning. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to cough. I'm starting to gag. I'm starting to sweat. My eyes are starting to burn. I'm feeling sweat beat up on my head. And I feel like my, my body is is trying to to fight not only the illness, but me because I just dumped this shit into it. It's rejecting it. You know that the first time you ever took a shot of, of Southern Comfort or Jack Daniels when you were in high school, that feeling like, oh, I gotta win this battle. So I felt it burn down my esophagus and then go into my stomach and my stomach started convulsing and I'm sweating and I'm literally holding my sides and keeling over, like going, ah, ah. Like, and I'm alone. I had not eaten. I had not put anything into my stomach. And I'm alone in my, in my kitchen, just like, oh, God, no. But I know from doing drugs and I know from, from, uh, from just putting bad things in my body at a different point in time that I can ride this out. This was the same feeling I had with Prince's Chicken, for those of you who have been loyal and regular listeners. I'm fighting this thing that I put inside my body to help me kick a cold that hasn't happened yet. And I'm literally writhing in pain and sweating and burning. My entire body is burning. It's horrible but i know perhaps it will pass or else i'm going to have to give my i'm gonna have to make myself throw up i'm gonna have to do something it was that bad i was literally in my kitchen gagging and sweating and burning from the inside and i'm just waiting for it to pass and i'm like (coughs) and finally it started to ease up finally i could take a full breath and i just had this moment where after i'd gotten through i'd gotten through the tunnel that I thought to myself, well, that's got to work. That has got to work. After what I just went through, how did that not just jolt everything into put? That's got to work. I feel all right right now. I don't think I'm going to do that again, but I probably will if I feel it some more. What is that? What is that idea? That idea of like, man, I got I to gotta struggle. I got to wrestle with something in order to, to get to the good part. Is that just, it can't be just me. I know that life is difficult for everybody, but yeah, I didn't have to dump this weird 
non-FDA-approved bullshit into my being that could have probably really hurt me just to have this wrestling match with myself, with this dream, this hope that this unproven elixir would cure me of my ailments. I had to fight that fight. There is no reward without a fight. That's what happened there. That's what happened in the kitchen with that oregano oil. I won a battle. And if I don't get sick, I won a war. Do you understand? I'll be in Ferndale, Michigan on Saturday, this Saturday, the 29th, for two shows. Looking forward to that at the Magic Bag Theater. You can pull that thing in there. Okay. Right into your face. Okay. Oh, see that? See how that Are goes? you a professional? So professional. Are you a voiceover person? So professional do you do a voiceover vo- person. Do you? Do you no, do voiceovers? I do some voiceovers. For what? For cartoons. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Do you have to change your voice to do uh, voiceovers for cartoons? Sure I do. I, I have to do one this afternoon. For what? For um, the big adventure, the adventure club or? Adventure time. Adventure time. I play, uh, played, I did one day on that. I played some sort of ice queen, but that was the only time I did a cartoon where we tried 20 different voices, you know, my bag of voices. Yeah. And ultimately they, they went with my voice, which was sadly the funniest choice. So what, what do I, what should I prepare to do when I'm in there? I've done some voiceovers, but I'm just assuming that I need to just be me. For that show, I think you're you. Yeah. I think that, I think you're you. I'm a squirrel. Yeah. So you're you. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, like, I don't know how to method squirrel. I, I think I have to make a squirrel noise. Yeah. There is you that, go. That's a chipmunk. It, is that I, close? I don't know. What would you say? I, squ- I don't think squirrels make noise that I know of. I'm just going to have to make it up then. You're just going to do crazy make-me-ups. <laughs> where, did you, where did you come from? What is the origin of, of Carrie Kenny? Do I use all, both names now? I don't know. It's so many names. It's but do you go by Carrie Kenny Silver? I go by whatever is easiest. You married a Jew? I married a Jew. <laughs> God damn Jew gave me my hyphen. <laughs> was that part, was that like, uh, did you have that conversation? I've been married twice and neither of them worked out, neither of them hyphenated. You know, it was, it was a conversation and I wasn't expecting it to be an issue, but you know, he's a man who's never been married before. It's a big deal. And he wanted to brand you. I should have, I should be, um, I should be honored. Yeah. But really, what, I, I, to, to date, I'm just pissed off because it was my choice, ultimately. He would yeah. have been okay with whatever my choice. But ultimately, trying to make and keep a reservation at a restaurant, trying to check in at the airport, just, uh, you know, people aren't hip to the hyphen really? yet. So uh, it's very confusing for them. So you have to say uh, Kenny Silver? Yeah, I say Kenny Silver and then they say, so your first name is Kenny. Yeah. And I say, no, my last name is Kenny Silver. Yeah. So, so your yeah. last name is Silver. Like, so are you that uh, same Kenny that was on television? You're like, yes. Yes. I don't know. Sure. You're not Jewish, though. Not at all. Have you had enough of it? You've already had enough of it. No, I love it. I love it. We're doing all the, not all the, we're doing, we're picking the easy things to do for my son. Oh, really? I don't know. It's fun. What were you brought up? Methodist. What does that even mean? I don't know. I knew you were going to ask that. It for me, it was, it it was great. I don't have that negative thing about religion growing up. Right. 
You, it was it was Christian. Was there Jesus around? There was Jesus, but yeah. we didn't not not all that much. Yeah, just a little Jesus. I don't think the, little, my church I grew up in would be happy to hear me say that. But <laughs> we had a little bit a of little, Jesus, little Jesus around, a little taste, yeah, a little sprinkle. Sure. Yeah, yeah, have a little Christ. So where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Westport, Connecticut. Fancy, really fancy. What is that's like a little uh, kind of old bohemian, you know, actors enclave. I yeah, I, I never saw any of that part. I just saw the you know Martha Stewart and David Letterman. That's what type I mean. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're, sure. I, I mean, don't think of it as artisty though. Well, those are old artists. Should have should have been. It, it, I was I w- I didn't appreciate it at the time. Well, it, they were. It's like New York stage and theater actors where they move if they don't want to go to Los Angeles. That's right. They live in Westport or. Uh, or uh, Westchester. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman has a you know beautiful theater there. Yeah. Did you hang out with uh, Paul Newman? Or All anything? the time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All the time. Did I ever... was four. Uh-huh. He. I mean. Yeah, he I'm... couldn't get enough of me. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Lunches. Yeah, we yeah. talked about salad your, dressing. Your, your parents would bring you to the restaurant. Here, Paul. Did. This is weird, but you're Paul Newman. It's your Paul Newman, and <laughs> this is our daughter. She wants to go into comedy. <laughs> did you see any of those people around when you were growing up? I did. I actually have a great story about that. When I was in the grocery store, how old? Probably fourteen. Mm-hmm. Old enough that my mom had dropped me off. I went to a movie or something. For some reason, I was in the grocery store by myself. Right. And I saw Paul Newman, but I it didn't mm-hmm. register. All it registered was. I know you. Right. And so I walked up to him and I said, hi, I think I know you. Yeah. And he was, in hindsight, what a doll. He said, well, um, what's your name? I said, Carrie. He said, well, I'm Paul. And I said, nice to see you. Um, <laughs> I said, maybe you're a friend of my mom's. Yeah. What's her name? Sharon. Uh-huh. Mm, Sharon doesn't ring. Maybe she's a friend of my wife, Joanne. Uh-huh. Joanne and Paul. Joanne and Paul. That doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went home and said, Mom, I met some old guy. His name's Paul. His wife's Joanne. I think you're... Fr-. And she went, oh, my God, you saw Paul Newman. <laughs> he must have been so thrilled to not be recognized on some level. As that guy. And the only thing that would make the story better, which didn't happen, would be if we had turned around and his salad dressing was, was right, right there. there. But this is pre-salad dressing. And if he was putting it in his cart. Yeah. I just or eating him. a salad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. He's the only one that you saw? No David Letterman's? Or... No, I didn't see David Letterman. Never saw Martha Stewart. Um what, what's what's your family racket? What do you is your dad in show business? My dad's a, in radio. My dad was Don really? Imus's sidekick for thirty five years up until Nappy Headed Ho. Oh, Hogate. So, what's your dad's whole name? Larry Kenny. He has no hyphen. Not Larry Kenny no. Silver. No, which would be <laughs> the whole family <laughs> just took this. That was my husband. Wanted the entire family. He's very demanding i wonder if i met your dad i never did i miss but i uh no i i don't think i would have but he was the guy you would recognize my dad as sort of a personality i think did i just kick you no i kicked something else he um he for our generation kind of a big deal right dad was lion o lord of the thundercats okay which for for boys of of our generation was that was a big uh really that was a big childhood cartoon big deal really 80s I, see, that's a little before my time. Where are you from? The East Coast? No, you're from. I grew yeah, up in New are. Mexico. My family's from New Jersey, <sighs> but I'm I, yeah, I'm born in 1963. I'm 48. So, were you in New York in the 80s, 70s, and 80s? No, I didn't get to New York the first time until 89. Okay, so you wouldn't know. My father also. But if hosted I listen to Imus, I would know. If you listen to Imus, but my dad also hosted Bowling for Dollars, but just the just the East Coast version. Really? Yeah. I wonder if he knows Chris Hardwick's dad. I wonder. He's a professional bowler. Used to I be. I wonder. Back in the day, did you know how to bowl? I not and not as well as I probably should have. I had my own ball, if that's what you mean. <laughs> did you really? And shoes? No. Sure. 
Oh, now who has that? That's my dad, an... When your dad's a host of Bowling for Dollars, you get your own ball. How long did he host it for? A lot of years? Uh, uh, several years. Wow. Several so you got years. your own shoes and ball. Was that sort of like a perk? Hey, kiddo. Hey. Here you go. Here's a ball. No, it was more like a curse. No, it was, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. He's also and continues to be and always was the, the voice of, of Sonny the Cocoa Puffs bird. No. Sure. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Yeah. That's your dad? That's my dad. Really? Mm-hmm. We're... <laughs> Mm. That, does that get away too? A lot, all the. T- I thought you were just looking at me in a in a way, undressing me with your eyes. Well, I had a picture of the bird, and then I had a picture of the sound, and sure. I had a picture that's your dad, and then I had a picture like I got to be a squirrel later. Maybe I should put a little more into this. There you go. Uh huh. So, is that what gave you the show business bug? Was watching Dad go to work for Don Imus your I, whole life? No, I sat on floors of studios a lot as yeah. a kid, and it was enticing. I wanted to do it so bad. As a kid, I always knew I wanted to to be funny. I wanted to do that stuff. Like, did you did you go into the station with him and stuff? All the ma- time. And where was that? At CVS or one of the studio or At, networks? It or was well for a while. It was at Thirty Rock, right? And I had an incredible one of my first sort of awakenings of of knowing I wanted to do this. I was went with him on a vacation day, a school yeah. vacation day. And their uh, their uh, studio was on the same floor as the dressing rooms for Saturday Night Live. Right. And my dad, you know, it was four in the morning. I was exhausted, and he was obviously friendly with all the. Why was it four in the stuff. morning? Because they did morning drive time. So oh, so you were so like, we're is, going to work. I know. This is I four a.m. Right. You know, to ten a.m. or whatever it is. So. I was tired. I was a kid, and and my dad said, "Well, here, this this door's open. The janitor opened this door. There's a bed in there. You can yeah. take a little nap." And I go in this room. It's clearly a dressing room, you know. And I'm I know I'm in the Saturday Night Live area. Yeah. And Gilda Radner came in. Is there what she? Is there? She'd been up all night, or no? <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I don't know. That's what? a really good question. Rehearsal? I don't know. At, at, at five in the morning? I don't know. They must have been going all night. But there she was, like an angel. Oh my god! And uh, I, I even you know at that age, that was that was the one show I was allowed to stay up and watch, and and knew that's what I wanted to do. And there she was, and she signed a book for me, and it was very cool. What book? Just one lady. Her around. book. Okay. Her book. No, just any book. <laughs> yeah, she had a the book. The Bible. She <laughs> just, signed the Bible. She signed my Bible. I have, yeah. a, I have one of the only Gilda Radner Bibles. <laughs> yeah. So when you were uh, in high school and stuff, did you do this song and dance routines? I did. No. Terribly. Yeah. I was really bad. But, you know, I became the president of the Staples Players, which is our high school theater group. And I think more by gusto than by talent. Mm-hmm. Because re- when I would audition for the parts, I wouldn't get them. Yeah. I would be like, well, if, for instance, we did Oliver. Yeah. And of all the, I got Mr. Percy Snodgrass, who's not even a part, really. They yeah. just mentioned him in a song. Right. Mr. Percy Snodgrass would often have the, so I was a drunk man at yeah. a bar. Right. That <laughs> was yeah. my bit. No singing. No singing for me. And that was it? That was the whole, your whole musical career in high school? It wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. But I was in charge of stage managing and all that kind of stuff. And and now, okay. So then, do you have siblings? I had halves, halfies. When I my dad remarried, and when I was in high school, my brother and sister were born. Oh. So the age difference is great, but we're very close. And your mom is? You know, they got divorced. Or? They got divorced when I was six, six or seven, I think. Oh boy! But, but remain, no, remain very good friends. Really, very close. Still, still. And you're friends with your mom? Oh, love, <laughs> love my mom. Good. Love them all. It's it's a it's a good it's a good story. That's nice. It is. I, I like the idea that he has to sit next to Imus for 30 years. Like, cause I, yeah. 
Like I'm always fascinated with that sidekick business. Was yeah. He, did but I, I I wish I was familiar with the show. Did he talk a lot? Did I or did he just have to follow I Miss lead? Or no, you laugh know my at him? my dad did written bits really. Oh, okay. You know Don had his show. I don't think there's there are many to compare it to, but he he would do. I guess still does. Um, sort of like cut to comedy bits and, right and my dad would do character voices and he did nixon and Patton and all these sort of oh really you know, so dead-on impersonations guy. yeah and then yeah. he would do just funny little one-off bits that that were written and that's a good that's a good living for 30 years it was more. a fantastic living so he did all right he did fantastic and and um so does that mean you like as a kid you're like there's uncle don yeah oh really yeah is your dad and he was are a they family member not so much Oh no, not so much. It got it got things got weird. After know? the, I think things were always a bit weird. That that's a that's that generation. Mm-hmm. That sort of, you know, I I don't know if you saw the. I'm sure you did the the Howard Stern movie. Yeah, and when he sort of knocks on Don Imus's door, and you know Don's in there passed out, and well, my dad would have been in there with passed him out. passed out. So there's a lot so of partying going it on. Was a, it was you know a lot of stuff I don't know about. A lot of. <laughs> You know, Except we had to learn it from the Howard Stern movie. It was the movie. 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it was radio and that time. Rock and roll. And rock and, and roll and all that stuff. And now, and then it, that evolves into Don Imus uh, kissing Dick Cheney's ass on a relatively frequent basis. Apparently. I don't keep tabs. No, I know. Yeah. I, but he did it on the air. It's just interesting how that, that sort of like shock jock thing happened. All these guys get older, especially Don, and he became sort of like this political go-to. Yeah, for, for some of the right wingers, people love him. Yeah, they people do. People love him, and people are are uh, diehard followers. Yeah, but your dad and him not too much. Not too not much. Too much. Anymore. My, you know, my dad had a, another career in radio, which was he. My father was was pretty much he was credited with bringing country music to the East Coast because there were no country music stations in New York in the seventies. He a country music fan. He's a huge country music fan. He grew up, you know, farmland in Illinois. Oh, really. And as a young guy, moved out to New York and moved us as young as a my mom and I moved me as a young child to New from York. Illinois, from farmland, from farmland, and my whole family's still out there. And do they own farms? No, they work in you know factories uh-huh. and what and part of Illinois? Like that. Pekin, Illinois. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Do you, do you like? Do you think about that often? That you have these Midwestern roots? I do, and I I'm very close to them. I had this in my upbringing. I would I spent my school days in Westport, Connecticut, which mm-hmm. was like a J. Crew catalog. Sure. I spent my weekends in New York with my dad, right? Which was like '80s, you know, good yeah. skates and yeah. Central Park and you know village <laughs> people days, amazing. Yeah. And then I spent my summers in Illinois with my family, playing in you know corn cribs and. <laughs> And, What's um, a corn eating crib? popsicles? That's where they keep the corn. Yeah, you know those things oh, like a crates? silo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you did that? Sure. You had that in your life? Yeah. Like Midwestern cooking? You had a Midwestern I, grandma? Or I'm two? comfortable at anywhere. Wow. Yeah. So what? Your dad had the, oh the country music thing. What is that about? He was the, the he was a, a jock. Co- he was a morning country music dr- drive drive time morning guy. Yeah, that's exactly how you say it. Sure. Um, and he, you know. Oh God! It just so so beautifully his his natural voice is this guy. Yeah, sure. You know, How's this everybody is Waylon doing? Jennings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six a.m. kicking off your Sunday morning. Is that how he talked to you at home? He, hey, Harry. We call his answering machine right now. That's yeah. what you get. Really? Hey, it's Larry. Sorry, I can't <laughs> answer the phone right now. That's just who he is. Is that this how is... he reprimanded you as well? Hey, how about what, you not do that? What are you thinking? <laughs> Don't put your finger in there. <laughs> oh my God. 
So he brought country music to the East Coast. Well, he was the first country music DJ out there. Was it popular? It was incredibly popular. In fact, there was this huge, I have framed this amazing one-page ad in the New York Times when my dad decided to leave. And it said, um, it said something about, uh, oh, it says in huge letters, Larry Kenny is leaving the country. And he's got his, his cowboy boots and his, and his guitar ah. on his back and... I guess that's when he was going to Imus. I don't know. I should really learn you, the history do, of this. But do, do you play? Did he play guitar? Yeah, he did. He, he does. Yeah. yeah, and he sings country western yeah. songs. Yeah. So was uh, was there a Willie Nelson concert in your childhood? There or were a... many concerts in my childhood. Did you see the Outlaws like Willie Wayland and Chris Christopherson? We, or... I saw everybody, but I didn't really get who they were, or right. you know, we we would just be backstage at There's... these things. My dad would MC them, and guys in glittery shirts who smelled like booze. Yeah, Is with that... toe ta- tap things. <laughs> yeah, 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 with their boots. Smelled like booze. <laughs> <laughs> Saying hi to you. Just lots of Jack Daniels bottles. Sure. So when you went to, uh, so you met the guys in the state in Mm -hmm. college, right? So what? Okay, so you're from, you got into NYU, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you wanted into the theater arts program. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you were going to do. Serious actor. Yeah. Serious actress. Experimental theater wing. No. Yes. Oh, there's some good stories. Yes. Tell us we about some around, of those shows. Rolled around naked a lot. And Did you? Breathed out of our ass. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. It's a lot of money to yeah. do that. I love that school. <laughs> we did. We had. I had one teacher named Richard Sheslock uh-huh. who was uh, a protege of um, of uh, Grotowski, and he was this. You know, two people I don't know. Legend Grotowski. In, sure, he was a legend in um, in um, theater, uh-huh. and he was this incredible man who's always chain smoking in the class and gray skin, and his uh-huh. wife Para, I think her name was this uh-huh. beautiful. Uh-huh. I don't know. 14-year-old yeah. Indian woman, not yeah. 14, 30-something. Right. Um, and, and we would, there was a lot of, you know, nude movement and uh-huh. Sufi breathing. And, and then he died in the middle of the class. While you were there? No, no, in the middle of the, the session. Oh. Not while I was standing there. No, oh. And I just how came long back he... to class and he was gone. It was, um, I guess, an honor. I don't know. To have worked with him? Yes, to have worked with I him. I wonder if he would have died in the class, how many people would have thought, like, this is a thing, it's an exercise. This is a bit. Yeah. yeah this is, what do we learn from this? Well, yeah. What, what kind of Pick shit? up his body and- Yeah, and move it around. And breathe out of our asses. What is that breathe out of your ass thing? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Lynn, oh, one of my teachers, Lynn somebody, she would always say, and it was so hard not to laugh, to breathe out of your ass, which meant like really- <laughs> release it bring it in through your nose and really Did people like pass gas at that time I, oh yeah really? i don't breathe through my ass in a lot of auditions anymore <laughs> it doesn't get me the jobs <laughs> if anyone asks you like what are you doing and yeah just breathing out of my yeah. ass like an actor i was smart enough to take it off my resume about a year ago but it was experimental theater was what you were focusing in i guess it i, I uh, it apparently was a big deal when you got into nyu yeah Studio, they would place you in a studio. Right. But it, the experimental theater wing was the only one that you had to have an extra audition for. Right. And I didn't do that audition. They just said, this is where you should be because it was for people who had already had a base in acting. And you did? I did. I had gone, you know, I had taken classes and at uh, Uta Hagen's studio and things really? like that before. With her? Not with her. 
Uta Hagen, that was... Her she, name was on the door, though. Sure. Yeah. That was... Uh, oh, so you were going, like, when you were in high school, you'd go studio. into the city and yeah. go to the actor's studio? Exactly. And do the method work? Yeah. And I had a giant portfolio. I remember thinking, this is really going to get me into places. But but in hindsight, what I'm realizing, it was supposed to be for artists. Right. So it was a, an enormous, like, <laughs> four foot by three foot briefcase. With that your I would, resume? With uh, my resume of all the plays that I had, you know, not gotten into and just random pictures of me and and you thought you needed the big one i needed one. that sure it's the artist well, yeah, there's, there's a going to be a lot of going to pages to fill sure <laughs> my career is going to be full do you remember what you did in the actor studio no nothing no no i have the book though yeah <laughs> then i still i have the little notes that i i put in the because i don't corners. know like i've taken i used to take uh acting with a guy named mark howard mm-hmm. in new york who was another one of those guys big deal well who knows they're all big <laughs> deals if they if they last long it enough said he was, so in the ad he's a little old man by the time i got there yeah. and, and they all have that vibe where they're cult leaders in their little world yeah and, and they're telling and, you stories about vanessa redgrave and sure she's an actress right one of those stories yeah yeah and you know and you do the thing but i don't remember getting any practical education about about anything i think i did i think i did I, I like to think i did and i just use it but i don't ever have to sit down and say a b and c that it's just part of me now right now d- but when you went to nyu in the experimental theater like outside of breathing out of your ass <laughs> or through your ass <laughs> this is such a good commercial for them yeah i mean yeah. but like what were, what were some of the work you did i'm always sort of fascinated like well what, did you do plays I, we did plays i'm really proud of the work i did actually I did. Um, was we there took, screaming and crying? We, of course, there's screaming and crying. But we did. We did some, you know, normal work too. We did a, a production of my favorite. I think my favorite, two favorite things I did. Yeah. We did a production of uh, Bus Stop. Okay. And I played Marilyn Monroe's character, and the reason why the experimental theater twist on it was, it was if she were alive today, basically what she would be, and base it was pretty much Courtney Love. And we took that to you the Amsterdam. You were playing Marilyn? Yes. Basically playing Marilyn in Bus Stop, in the play Bus Stop. But what she but would be like if she were still alive. And we took that to the to the uh, theater festival the Am- in uh, Amsterdam and, and did great. And you played it like Courtney Love? Like I, you, I realize now or? in hindsight, I, she was pretty much like, like Courtney Love. So you played her fucked up? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it went over pretty well? It went over well. I saw a revival of that play. It's a pretty sparse kind of good play. It is a good play. But it don't, it's very, there's only like four characters in it, right? Yeah. There's, we, we, we added more. Yeah, sure. Why not? In the just class. Revise it. That's experimental theater. We're just going to rewrite the class. It's just going to fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you went to Amsterdam? We went to Amsterdam. Yeah. And performed it for how long? For not very long. The run of the festival, whatever that is. How old were you? Like 18, 19? I guess I was a junior or senior. So. 20? 20, yeah. And you were in Amsterdam? Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah. Did I don't you, remember. You don't remember <laughs> a lot of it. Did you smoke some hash? Oh, yeah. We smoked hash. Yeah. You had to. Yeah. At the airport, you have to before you go into the... So when did you get in, involved with those fellas? Well, Mike, I feel like... You know, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, well, my, I feel like... I've had them all on the show, Michael most of them. Michael Black and I were in a creative writing class together at NYU. Was he a dick? No. Seriously. No, he was shy. Mm, but I got that. I, I, I gravitated right towards him. We yeah. were the only two weirdos in the class. Uh-huh. And we gravitated towards each other. And I feel like he said, look, I found this flyer for a comedy group that's having auditions. And I said, we'll go together because I'm too afraid to go alone. Really? So I, now, now I'm not remembering. So was it Showalter yeah. and Wayne? No, who? Todd Hollebeck. Oh, right. Hollebeck. Todd Hollebeck. He he still works at NYU, I believe. Uh-huh. But he, Todd was uh, holding auditions for this thing, and I remember I had like a bag bag o props, yeah, and went in with my characters, 
and I did my audition and I got in the group and so did Michael and um they I, it sounds like they didn't turn away anybody they I mean, did <laughs> they did believe it or not believe it or not they did and it wasn't the it wasn't that it wasn't the state that you know that wasn't the group there Michael were, Tom wasn't there yet Tom joined a couple years in uh-huh Marino um, Marino was in uh-huh Marino was in um but and there were a couple of women there was another two guys that that you don't those names I don't know. So how many were there in the final mix? 13? In the final mix, uh, 11. 11. The 10 guys and me. 10 guys and you. Yeah. And what happened to the other girls? They just um, disappeared. Oh, see, I knew there was something mm, weird about that crew. Salacious. Yeah. No, it just, uh, you know, it evolved and, and, it, and some of it, we became more serious and, and you know, it but became. When the, when it, when it. Did it evolve when you got the TV show? Like when the TV show was it sort of like we can only take eleven. You're gonna no, have to no, cut. no, 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 because MTV would have loved more women, girls. They, right. they would have loved color. They would have loved lots of things. Right. But we just weren't that. So no, we were that by the time we went to MTV. How the hell were you like? Were you like uh, the den mother of this mess? No, not at all. Oh God, no. How come you were the only girl? Uh, cause I'm not very girly. I don't think, I don't think it ever stuck out as the girl, you know? I can't remember how many, uh, how many were there sketches where they all dress like girls? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, I think we were all girls as much as, you know, we just did the, not just last year we did the sketch fest reunion yeah. of the state. All of you? All of us. And Todd it was, too? yes. And it was so fun. Wow. It was so fun. And it was all new material. Mm-hmm. And I played a guy, I think in, in five of the 10 sketches. So and they played girls in some? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like if you were to characterize like um like let's play let's play a word association. Okay. Let's try that. Okay. And you just say the first words that come to your mind when okay. I mention somebody. Okay. Kevin Allison. Gay. <laughs> Tom, is it, is it, am I playing it right? Yeah. Okay. Tom Lennon. Brother, my brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Michael Ian Black. Another brother. Oh. From another mother. Uh, you want dirt is what you want. Not really. Right, I'll give you not some really. dirt. I, I just, okay. How about Michael Showalter was, I thought when we were in the group, I was going to marry Michael Showalter. Really? That was my, he puts his pen down and sits back in his chair. Um, that was, yeah, I, I had this dream that Michael and I were going to be this like legendary comedy couple. Right. Yeah. That didn't like, happen. Uh, like Desi Arnaz and Lucille yeah. Ball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that didn't happen. No? No. Did you sleep with him? No. No. Oh. Not, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> how no many, one's gonna hear this right no no how many did you sleep with how many yeah no uh, none <laughs> jesus how many i don't know there you know there's a lot of guys a dozen, around a you, dozen you, you drink you know um, i don't know we did drink yeah show walter would would the, the joke about show walter was that he would wander off a lot he was busy you know he always had something else to do right and the joke when he was out of the room right was that he was making muffins and that he had to go check the muffins. And I don't know if he ever caught on that that was the joke, but he would come back in the room and someone would say, everything okay? And he'd go, yeah, that's good. And we would all be waiting for these these legendary muffins. muffins that never happened. Never, he, he never always, brought back muffins. He strikes me as a very serious guy. Like, you know, like as he's gotten older, he, he just- As he's gotten older. Pensive and sort of serious. I don't see much of him. Yeah. It's, it's sad. I don't. Well, we're on opposite, I almost said continents, but that's what it feels like. And David Wayne always strikes me as sort of like, uh, you know, a little snobby. Oh my God, that's hilarious that you say that. Really? I think so the opposite. Really? In fact, I feel like of anyone in the group, I feel like David is my little brother. And I feel like I, I, 
I must constantly pull him aside and go, you need you need to be serious. You're directing a, a major motion picture starring Jennifer Aniston. Pull it together. Get your balls back in your pants. This is serious. You were in that movie? I was in that movie. I, I'm, I'm not great with the research. And I, I know you've that's been okay. in, in everything. That's so, Well, that's true. So yeah. clearly you've done your research. Yeah. yeah. So, but when you you were on set, you had to be like literally pull them aside. No, no. But it's just a general feeling. I And I love it. I, I love his his his. He just he plays and he's and he's so fun. I feel the opposite about you know serious well, dodgy guy because I don't I don't I only I came to know you guys after the show after the state yeah and I didn't grow up with this state so my impression like Michael Ian Black and I have always had tension we did it on the show I know I'm I, so glad you finally got him on here I listened to that I know but it it didn't seem like we resolved anything it didn't uh, maybe a little he's still I don't know. I don't know that anybody feels like they can really get in there with Michael. I, but you I, knew him when he was just a sweet guy. He, he's a shy guy. He's the same as he's always been. With you. I think maybe just less depressed. Oh, he was depressed? Yeah. I think oh. we all have, have had our... Ken, Ken Marino doesn't... Ken Marino's never been depressed. Never depressed. No. He just seems like he, he was always like, hey! He's always like wanted a, to dip his balls in it. Yeah. He's just that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's refreshing. <laughs> I want a little just, bit of that. Just dip his balls in it? Just <laughs> wants to dip his balls in it. <laughs> and with Trugoyo... Oh, you know, I hate when people say nicest guy in the world. Right. Joe Latriglio is the nicest guy in the world. He is a sweet guy. There, I have never met a human being that has that has run into Joe under any circumstance and not said, holy crap, he's the nicest guy in the world. And I've been in 700 vans with that man at four in the morning, you know, on shoots and frustrated and pouring rain and freezing Still nice cold. nice guy? Beyond. Yeah. Just to the core. Just to the core. It makes us all look evil. And like, okay, so who are the other guys? Uh, <laughs> and the rest. Um, ben Grant, the most prolific writer, genius you'll ever meet. He's, he's a good guy. I interviewed him in uh, South by Southwest, and I didn't really know him. He's and a he's, good, solid guy. Yep. He is. Him and Tom got a real thing going. Oh, ridiculous. With those movies. And they so deserve it. And they always throw you a bone, right? Oh, they always throw me a bone. They're, we have, you know... I'm very, very lucky. And let's talk about Viva Variety. Yeah. How many seasons Wasn't was that, that on? A bizarre fucking. It was. Thing. Where the fuck did that come? We were from? on for seventy four seasons. No, we were only on for three or four seasons. I don't even. You I did like know. what forty shows or something like that? Yeah. It was. Who was asleep at the wheel when they let us put that show? What on? What was that show? It here's what it was. How did it, it come was, about? Yeah. It we had done it as Tom wrote it as a sketch for the state, and we did it as a sketch, and then. Years later, Tom said, what about this as a show, as an actual show? And everybody was like, And you were like married in the, in the show, right? We or were sort of... ex. Okay, it that's was, right. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. originally called the Mr. and Former Mrs. Lopan Variety Program. Right. MME. Right. And the, the conceit was that we were a variety show like Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Huge in Europe. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, no. now coming to America. And no one knew you here. No one knew us here. Right, right, but, right. But we had history. And Michael, uh, play Michael Ian Black played a brilliant character named Johnny Blue Jeans, right. who is really hip, hip with the with the you know what's happening these days, but stuck sort of in the the rerun, uh, you know, yeah. time of of culture, right. So we um, pop culture, but from twenty years, ago. right, right. So uh, we, but it was a variety show. It was a true right. variety show. So we had we had Run DMC, we had Whoopi Goldberg. We had Shelley Long. We had Stacy Keach. We had Chibo Mato. We had the most random, wonderful guests on that show. Yeah. 
And to this day, it is not on DVD. Why is that? You cannot get it. It's gone. It's is gone. Is it on YouTube? Bits of it. Yeah. Not even the best bits. Isn't that, isn't that a bummer? It's bizarre to, is what it is to me. I think it's it's music licensing is uh, is what it has to be. Right. Because if, if I own a network and, you know, at four in the morning and you need something to run, you own this. It's sitting in your vault. Right. We're not entirely unrecognizable, you know, personalities for you. Why wouldn't you run this thing? But I think it must be music licensing. Because they'd have to pay... They'd Every have to go back and, and pay these these bands, yeah. If they repeated it. I guess. Huh. I don't know. I don't either. God, someone should get on that. I, I you know, once a day. Someone I do get, some research out there. Yeah. Yeah. And once a day? Once a day I'll get a tweet about, you know, why, why can't I see V Variety? And I would love I would love to myself. <laughs> I if you find it, send me a copy. Now when you guys work like in, in this state and in, in in like Viva Variety, I mean how much because Tom is so fucking funny and you're so funny and Michael's funny. I mean, did uh, how heavily scripted was it usually? And Viva Variety, yeah. very. Oh, really? Viva, everything was heavily scripted up was until it, Reno. Was it on prompter? No, no. We were we are very good at at learning scripts, and we're also very anal about the material. Um, and and we we always believed up up through Viva Variety that and and pilots beyond that no one ever saw that we were terrible at improv. That was our our sort of bit was we are great scripted we are terrible at improv none of you guys really did the improv thing no we tried yeah and we even had a, a, a sketch in uh, in our live show of the of the state which originally called the new group about how bad we were at improv and wh- it wasn't until necessity made it so that we had to do improv when we did the pilot for reno because we had no time to write it that we ended up doing improv. And it turned out that in character, we could do improv, but the improv games, right. we were not smart enough for. That's interesting, because like, you know, the state was so important to so many young people. Yes. And now like, uh, and now improv has taken over the world. It has. Like, uh, the, now the new kids are all about the improv. Improv and, and sketch. Right, but it's, when you guys wrote, like if you were so heavily scripted, what was the writing process on the state if there were 11 of you? I, I mean, everything was a, was like banging your head against the wall, but everything, it was a, a true democracy and everybody had a vote. And if anyone said no, we didn't do it. So there was a lot of chair throwing and I remember somebody <laughs> punched somebody in the back of the neck We're going to have to get names on that. Uh, I don't know if I, I think David Wayne punched I think David Wayne punched Ken Marino in the back of the neck. He had to reach up for that. Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> and if you know these people, that's that's a that's a bold move. Um, Who had the hottest temper? Marino. Oh, really? Yeah, Marino. But in, uh, you know, I never, I, none of it ever came my way. Yeah, I just loved to watch it. Right. But it, but his temper was 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 justified and impassioned about right. the work. It's not like he was just a hothead for no reason. Right. You know, I mean, this was this fart joke was going to stay in this goddamn bit because I wrote it and it's funny. <laughs> you know, we got to sell it. We believed. I mean, we just it, we were writing the gospel and it was a big deal. Did you have any uh, idea at the time just that you would be that the biggest thing on MTV? We thought we would be bigger. Oh, really? Yeah. But we really, we really what, you thought, thought you were going to be a new franchise, like uh, you're going to be like SNL. And oh yeah, start spinning off movies. Oh and... yeah. In fact, the first time it was suggested to me to audition for SNL, I said, "No thanks, guys. I don't need that sinking ship." Really? I'm on this the state you know, the on state MTV on MTV, and um, 
then when the state finally dissolved on MTV, I went back with my tail between my legs and then actually did audition. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, they ended up not taking any new women that year. I think that was the year Molly Shannon stayed. So Did you do the whole Lauren Michaels thing? I did it. <clears throat> what was your experience? It was terrifying. Yeah? I think that... I think I believe they must do it the, that way on purpose to instill. Because since then, I've never had an audition. Were so you terrifying. sit and wait for four hours? And... Sit and wait, cold room. I feel like I was in the, a basement that was like seven buildings away. And someone comes and gets you in a page jacket. Right. And they lead you through you know hallways. And yeah. you're trying to keep up with your bag of props. Yeah. And, and you know hit the mark. You have four minutes do your best this, so, this, oh, so this, this was the camera audition this was a camera audition it, yeah. it wasn't in the old conan studio that's not where they did it i don't think so oh, they just and, oh no and yeah, it was terrifying and you got no laughs i got no laughs and i just didn't feel at the time i thought this is wow if this if i want to be in this business this is what it's going to be every time thank god it's never been like did you that. did you have the one-on-one with lauren i no. i had i had him and two other women were in the room at the table probably marcy klein marcy and, klein yeah 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 and just another scary woman. And another scary woman. I'm sure they're lovely people, but um, that's a scary position to be in. And it didn't. It, did you no. feel like it? Went, no. You just were doing your characters just in a vacuum. Just doing my alone. characters in a vacuum. I was. I don't. I don't. I don't think that I did a bag lady, but in my memory, I did uh, like a crazy bag lady. Um, and and you remember all that. my confidence just down the tubes. Really? Yeah. For how long? How long did it take? For like a minute, and then I was back doing you know state stuff. And, yeah. So what happened now? The state, like I can't remember. Like I've talked to so many of you guys about it, but it got sort of pulled out from under you. Is that what happened? Mm, yes and no. It, fe- it feels like a just a tornado hit, and it's everyone has kind of different memories of of what happened. In my memory, <laughs> what happened was uh, it was suggested to us that this CBS uh, carrot was the one to grab at, and you know. Where you're a kid, you've just had a successful run on on this level, and all of a sudden, this next level is being offered. Right, and so we, <clears throat> excuse me, we we jumped for it, and um, terrible idea. Yeah, we had a good thing going, we and they weren't letting you go, and you. We you didn't got- know that. Uh, for years later, we found out that they wanted to keep us for more, and I don't think. Um, you want me to go get you some water? Our people were having it. Oh. So um, we ended up, st- you know, staying on CBS and it was a miserable failure. How come I don't <sighs> remember it being on CBS? Because we, you, because nobody knew. Did it air? It aired. And I remember we were watching it live. Yeah. It was a Halloween special. Right. And even the TV guide just said Halloween special. Right. So our own audience didn't know that we were there. And... I remember we were watching it together and Michael Black turned to me and he goes, why do I feel like we're the only people watching this right now? And then they cut to like a Geritol commercial and we realized we, we are. You thought you were in and you, how, what, you had a deal for what, a number of episodes? We or? had a deal for, for loosely, a yeah. loose deal for two specials. To see if it worked? The idea was to see if it worked. We're going to introduce the, the audience to yeah. you. And was it a late night thing? Like It was a late night thing. I think I think it was a late night thing, and and um, you know people were going to fall in love with us. Right. Didn't Nobody have... saw it. No one fell in love. <laughs> and you lost your gig at MTV. Mm-hmm. And then everybody scattered and tried to do other projects. Yeah, yeah, we had to. So wait, what were some of the other like? Okay, so you did Viva Variety, and there were a lot of other state related projects, and you guys all seemed to work together, and you were in the movie too. 
You did that. That's mythal. I did that, but it got it. My scene got cut, and I thought I'll fly out there in the rain and do this movie because I know it won't get my scene won't get cut because it's with David Wayne, but it got cut. (laughs) And so you're not in the final cut at all. No, I'm in the deleted scenes. Is it? Did they did they put those out in the DVD? At least they did. Yeah, they did. Did people write to you and say you should have been in the movie? You want to know a secret that I've never told anybody? Yes, please. Okay, I was at the time engaged to. A crack addict. Okay. Okay. Sober when we met. Right. Went back to crack. Right. During your engagement. During our engagement. At the beginning, I didn't know. Then I started to to catch on. When I got called out to do this, I was, he disappeared. And I was afraid he was dead. So I was frantically looking for him on the cell phone. The scene is me in a tent. Yeah. With David. Right. Joe Latruglio comes and steals our motorcycle. We come out of the tent and have this nonsensical conversation. Uh In the tent, I am calling over and over and over again. My fiance's cell phone number, thinking he's dead. Right. Wiping the tears away, coming out to do my comedy bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then later, I think um, he he, he didn't die. I don't know about I don't know now. I don't know. How, who was this guy? I mean, what, was he an actor? Did he he was any... not an actor. I thought I would, but I, w- I was only attracted to, for most of my life, I was only attracted to alcoholics, drug addicts. You had to have something up because that was attractive to me. What? But you didn't or come... you had to be just completely self-loathing. But you didn't come from that? No. Your, your folks, no alcoholism? No, there was alcohol. There was, there was all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, everybody's, you know, great now, but, but there was a history of... Of what I think everybody has a bit in their family. Sure, but I was I was two. attracted to that. Sure, that was attractive to me. So you just picked this guy up on the street, uh, not on the street, but but you know basically you know. Yeah, and you got engaged. Did he, he have a job? He was very handsome. He used to be. He was an ex uh, baseball pitcher. No kidding. Yeah, for reals. For reals, like pro. I think semi pro, and uh-huh. then had an accident. Um, drug related accident and then could never pitch again and there was something like I'm going to really change this guy's life you were going to fix him I was doing sketch comedy and changing people's lives sure you know it was it was all up to me Mark it sounds like it worked and it went really well so how long did you want what what, what are some other interesting types that you involved with musicians yeah musicians sure yep so I was engaged before that I was engaged twice i was engaged to a musician before this before this guy before the baseball player yeah i was engaged to nathan larson who's now married to nina person pearson uh-huh. of the cardigans okay yeah and then there was another musician who was the there first were many musicians <laughs> no he was the first he was the first you are as by the way you are as confused right now as everyone in my life has ever been no, you've had three engagements before this before no, you married. No, two engagements before I married. Okay, so it was a baseball player crack addict. First first the musician. The musician, but he wasn't a crack addict. Not a crack addict. Just a sad guy. Not sad, just a musician. Troubled. Yeah. Yeah. What did he play? He played uh guitar and he was a singer. So oh so he had that personality. That yeah. personality. Sure. Yeah. Not a, a bass star. player. Right. He's a rock star. Yeah, just yeah. all about him. And I and I was um it propelled me into my music career. Oh, I, 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 I overlooked that. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So what was that? I had um, right out of college, some girlfriends and I, we were dating musicians. Sure. They were all on tour. Was that the career? The, that's it. <laughs> How, what do you think of it? 
Very smart. You're going to really be embarrassed when I tell you what actually happened, that you didn't do your research. I, I don't do any research. Well, now, I, I I'm, I'm schooling you now. Okay. Um, I don't even know if this is in the research. We did, we, uh, while they were away one time, we said, "Let there's instruments laying around, let's pick them up. Uh-huh. And as a joke, kind of, we'll learn a song. And right. when they get home, we'll say, we're musicians too. Yeah. Well, did you play an instrument? No, none no. of us did. Okay, but I had a bass guitar in my apartment. The drummer had a drums in hers, and we we rented a studio for half an hour. You had your boyfriend's instruments, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, didn't know how to plug them in or yeah. anything. Loved it. Yeah. Kept coming back. Yeah. And one day, a guy poked his head in and he said, "You guys are pretty good. Do you want to play a party in Brooklyn?" We said, "We've only got four songs." He's like, "Great." Yeah. Played this party in Brooklyn. At the party, John Zorn. Sure. Uh. You really know John Zorn? Of course I do. Okay. From the Knitting Factory. I have a couple of his okay. records. I love his love uh, Naked City. Yes, I have, okay. And the Enio Morricone album. So you really do know? I do. John Zorn, I didn't at the time. Well, he's Do seen, now. Yeah. He said, I have a Japanese import label called Avant Records. Do you want to do your first record with them? Sure. <clears throat> we only have four songs. He said, well, you better quickly write six more. So we did. We recorded our first album. It got three and a half stars in Rolling Stone magazine. They said, oh, this new sound riot girl with two r's three r's um, what was the name of the uh the outfit we were, we were called cake like very difficult to say you have to say it very slowly cake like yeah hmm. um they did uh several page thing on us in spin magazine uh-huh. uh rico cassick got wind of us and Get came out to of see here. us and said i want to produce you can i take you to electric ladyland studios i want to do a single so we did Get a single here. with with virgo cassick after we did the single we were playing knitting factory sure a couple nights in a row and he said i've got some friends that i want to bring to see you tomorrow night one rico of which cassick did. Rico cassick. he used to live down <clears throat> by uh like on in the in, not downtown but i used to see him out over by gramercy yes right and we i've been there with yeah. his wife paulina yes so he said uh, i want to bring a, a buddy of mine to come see you play Neil Young, he brought to Knitting Factory. So after... What were you playing? Bass? I played bass. I was lead singer. Who played guitar? Nina Hellman, who's an actress, theater actress in New York. Uh-huh. Jody Seifert, who's a fashion, uh, who works in fashion. Played drums? Played drums. So we... Neil came back... Neil came Neil back Young, stage yeah. after, after the show and said, yeah. I'm starting a new label. Right. On Warner Brothers, off of Warner Brothers, called Vapor Records, uh-huh. and you are exactly what I want. Will you be my first band or one of my first bands on Vapor? Neil. So we recorded two records with Neil. We did uh, the Horde tour with him. Had our own little unicorn uh, speckled bus uh, on the Neil Young tour, and um, played all all around the world. And as um, cake like, <clears throat> as cake like, yeah. There, and then I moved out here, and then it pretty much ended because. Um, and this it was, was just in hard. between the state and what, what years? This was, was it? Uh, as the state was winding down. It was all through Viva Variety, and we played our last show in '98 uh, when I moved out here. So this is one of those things that all your fans know, but I didn't know. I don't know if all my fans know. I mean, like I didn't know. I, I, I think, in fact, I think, in fact, probably most of my fans don't know. You might want to update separate, your Wikipedia page. Do you think so? It also says that I, I'm an avid banjo player, which I love. Uh, I've never played the banjo, but I would love to be an avid band. But how can cake like not be on your? I think it is. Oh, Kenny Kenny Silver is an avid banjo player and ukuleleist, (laughs) and was also the lead singer and bass guitarist of the indie rock band Cake Like. There you go. I own a ukulele. She has a longtime friendship with actor Nick Swardson. (laughs) That's true. But with him attending Thanksgiving dinner. That's true. Why is that in there? And who knew that? How do they know that? 
I've known Nick since he was a baby. But you know, but the uh, like where it says attending Thanksgiving so dinner, random. you can actually link to Thanksgiving dinner. Really? Like it's what one is those... Thanksgiving dinner? What did they have at that dinner? Uh, the centerpiece of contemporary Thanksgiving in the United States and Canada <laughs> is a large meal generally centered around a large roasted turkey. Often involving people like Nick, Nick Swartz and That's and weird Carrie because Kenny. you can link back to you two. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we had a famous dinner. Their second, <laughs> the first dinner. Second only yeah. to the first Thanksgiving dinner. You've known Nick Swartzen since he was a kid? Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, in New York when he was he first had first arrived in New York. But that was okay. He was already a comic though he in Minnesota. He was a comic in Minnesota. I say kid. He was a kid. He was he was younger than all of us. Right. And had no place to go on Easter's and Thanksgiving, so he'd come. He became a member of my family. But uh, that's really yeah. So that's how, like your family in Westport. In Westport, yeah, because I lived you know forty five minutes away, and I'd take all the wayward. David Wayne would come and Nick Swartzen, and we'd have Thanksgivings and Tom and Ben and her. Yeah. So like this whole cake like thing was sort of at a weird, I guess, juncture in that New York scene where Zorn was sort of the Lower East Side genius mm -hmm. and uh, he was very into noise and things breaking apart and loose orchestrations of things and, mm -hmm. and kind of just riffing things to death. That's right. In a weird, almost noise-like way. That's right. But he was sort of uh, a genius in terms of uh, in terms of arrangement. He was a sax player, right? Yeah. And so, but the Neil Young thing is completely bizarre. So you do get to you know, know Neil. Neil it, it, it was bizarre to me at first, and yeah. then the more I got to know him and know about him, and see other you know people on his label and his choices, he is remarkably progressive. I mean, his oh yeah, yeah. his choices and his I didn't know that about him. And uh, it seemed as random as, as could be to me in the beginning. And then the more I got to know him, the more I realized we, we really did fit that bill. And he's, he's very, it's a very interesting thing about Neil Young is that you can listen to his music, almost all of it, any time, and it transcends sort of era. Yeah. Like he's that yeah. unique. He is. Yeah. And he's a nice guy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Did he, did he ever play with you guys at all? No, he didn't. Yeah. No, I wish. Do you miss the rock life? I mean, why, I didn't, do. why didn't that continue? Um, just out of circumstance, really. I, I couldn't see myself playing with anyone else because that's just what I knew was those people. We made a pretty- And you all just learned to play as you went along? We learned to play. We still never, I still don't know notes or anything. We would. We had a vocabulary right. where we would say, okay, you're going to do the two, chung, 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 and then I'll do the rant, rant. I played bass through that a Sansamp distortion pedal. And through a what? I, I threw a, a Sansamp yeah. distortion. You're not supposed uh -huh. to do that. I didn't yeah. know that. You just know? to make it all fuzzy? Yeah, we just, yeah. we made, you know, people were saying um, they, they liked, they the liked our though. sound because it didn't sound like anything else. And because you didn't have any control of it really. I would have sounded like Smashing Pumpkins if I could have. I right. just didn't know how to do that. So it was, not, it was the innocence of it. I think so. That's that's spectacular. Yeah. So then, okay, so you're doing Viva Variety, and you're doing Cake Like, the yeah. state is over. it was a busy you're time. You're dating musicians and crackheads. Yeah. And then uh, what was the big game changer that brought you into your grown-up life? Viva Variety moved us here. Yeah. Our senior year. Our senior year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, that's Did you so graduate real. college? I did, yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. Parents were happy. Very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, our, our senior year of Viva Variety, our <laughs> final, our yeah. final um, season, they moved us here, which was perfect way to move into this animal were that you is LA. dragging a man were we what were you dragging a man with you was there a man at this no, time no i don't remember okay i don't think not so important. not important apparently mm -hmm. not important enough to remember i don't think so mm -hmm. and um so we i 
moved out here with Tom and Ben and Michael Black. Yeah. And we set up our little home. Well, he's back east again now, right? Michael is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's more for him. Yeah. And his family. Yeah. But uh yeah. So that was pretty much that that pretty much ended the band because I'm here now. And um I like that none of them went on to be musicians of any kind. They're all another the the other two girls are in uh, women are in an, Well, in they still play music at times, you yeah. know, but it was a very special unique thing. I think it, it was a safe place. Yeah. I think it would be scary to now, you know, Sure, and it was unique to the time. It, it was, was unique that, it to was the a time. Very, very New York thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the girl, the riot girl thing it was very specific. It was very specific to the East Village where we lived. Well, that well that type, you know, there was like a few because I think that the, I, they would probably trace the riot girl thing probably to uh, to Sweeter Kenny in, in Washington and, and there was L seven, L seven. That's you know, right. Oh, right. That yeah, yeah right. The uh, chick bands in general. Yeah, I always consider L seven a rock band though, and you know, like they didn't. I guess they were well, right. They knew girls. what they they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they they they, they rocked were, they hard. Were a proper band, but they yeah. weren't like oh, I can't remember. They weren't really punk rock though. They were more like hard rock, weren't they? Well, people just I think when you were a girl band, then that was it. You, you were, were a riot, riot girl. girl band. Right. I mean, okay. people would say you know cake like you know they're like whole, and we were nothing like whole. Yeah. But we were a girl band, and it was yeah. the same time, and we dressed cool. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I've been schooled. There. Yeah. So okay, so you're out here. And let's let's talk about Reno before we uh, yeah. we don't talk about it. Yeah. How, what was the inception of that? We were doing. Uh, Tom and Ben and I had a deal uh, to do a pilot for Fox, mm-hmm. and it was a sketch show. And you know they kept we kept getting the the vibe every couple years that people would say we want to do sketch again. You know, and right. and they really wouldn't want to do sketch again. They would right. want to you know they'd be excited about it for a minute. So we we wrote a sketch pilot. Yeah. And. You know, I can't remember the exact timeline, but it was it was minutes until we were about to shoot because we were at a table read for the network, and it was the cast. It was the Reno cast that you know most of them. How many are there in that? Um, six of us, eight yeah. of us. Yeah, and um, we do the um, table read for this very, you know, written sketch show that had nothing to do with Reno, and it, they weren't excited anymore. And um, I can't remember if it was Tom or Ben who that night said, hey, what if we, we've got $4 left. I mean, sets are built, you know, we can't reinvent this thing. We don't have time to write anything. What were the sketches or what was the idea? It was just a general sketch show? It was a general sketch show. Okay. And it was funny. It's It's amazing how many deals they give out for those things and how few are made. How few are made. And I think we knew that. Well, why do they do that though? Do they think it's going to be cheaper? I mean, what, what? I think, I think they think they want they that that they want sketch and that at the end they get afraid of a loose thing and they want a theme right and then they try and put put you into this well what are is are you a magical box that opens right. and sketches fly out or right. are you the junkyard band behind the old you know theater <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. and the other crazy characters right. that make the sketches i think they get afraid of just sketch so they got afraid and tom said well what if we spoof a show that's on their network cops and we rent some uniforms and we run out and we shoot it on video and it's improv because we don't have time to write it and that's what we did and they didn't pick it up and uh, at least a year went by maybe two and jim sharp from comedy central called and said what what's with that pilot you guys did two years later at least at least two years i i believe and jim was our producer on the state right and now working at comedy central And he said, what about that pilot? And, and Fox ultimately sold it to them, but forgot to sell the movie rights. So we ended up doing the movie with Fox. 
And how many movies you've done? Two? One. Just we one? just did one. And, and Reno, how many seasons is that done? Six. It's very popular. Yeah, it's very popular. And is there more? No. That's it. That's it. It's over. It's over. I heard tell uh, that that someone, you know, uh, Danny DeVito and John Langraff are our producers, that someone was in talks with Netflix about maybe... Picking up uh, a few episodes? Up, that, I, ne- I never heard those talks. Like I just they were, heard about like it. Like they're doing with Arrested Development? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that is true, but... Hmm. That's interesting. Like the whole media landscape is changing. Yeah. So, so now you basically act. I do. I do. I do. I love to do mainstream stuff. I love fun things like this Wanderlust movie that I did. We had the time of our lives making it. Yeah. Alan Alda was in it and, you know, a member of the commune with us. And, and he said to us, this is this is the greatest work experience I've ever had. You know, it was that good huh. making it. So I do those those mainstream things. I do sitcoms and so multi-camera. Like, you know, fun things. Yeah. But I also, you know. Didn't you do it? You did Alan too? I did the Ellen Show for one year. That was really fun. I I love multi camera now as a yeah. mom. Yeah. As a what does you know, that person mean who as likes to be in bed at ten. Oh, right. To have I the love job. to go in. Yeah. Get in front of an audience. I get my laugh. I have my dressing room. I have my dinner, and I go home. I love it. That's, I'm well, not above. I'm not above doing your crazy neighbor. Knock knock well, knock. Was there? point in your life where you were above that oh, sure that... Co- college were you uh, but that was it or... that was it you're like I, was... I got integrity i'm not i'm never going to be i had integrity for for the four years that i was in college and then i realized <laughs> what's it know, worth what's it worth but also those kind of things can be fun you know well the, well the thing is when you're a comedic actress and a good one like you are i mean if you look Thank at a you. piece you're like I can shine in this, and this could be fun. I'm I I uh, don't want to be cocky by saying this is a very cocky thing to say, but I'm I'm I love to get a laugh in something, even if I feel like that something is not the greatest piece of art that's ever happened. What is, I what still is enjoy art? coming in and getting my my laugh. And well, you're a comedian. Yeah, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I need it. I, I, you need laugh. How many laughs do you need a week to survive? I I'm down to four. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, you're growing up. My standards are you know that so changes. Low. Like in ten years, you're going to need twenty again. Yeah, I don't week. even care if you're laughing at me, Mark. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, you got a kid. That's got to be worth a few laughs. He la- he laughs at me all day long. Well, there you go. You figured it out. I got dressed up for the Emmys this year, and he said, "Why are you wearing that ridiculous costume?" <laughs> <laughs> After seven hours of hair and makeup. <laughs> <laughs> that must have felt good. Yeah. Were you? What? You just went? No, my husband. My husband's been nominated the last several years. He's won two. Wow. He's a, my husband's a cinematographer. He does The Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. Those are big shows. They're big shows. Yep. Those are big shows, and you must live in a big house. We have a nice house. <laughs> we have a nice house. Where is that located? It's located in Malibu, California. That's very nice. Yes. That's, that's You drove a, a ways to get here. I took the helicopter. Well, that's very nice. Is that what landed on top? <laughs> I, it's a very quiet helicopter. It must be one of those new ones. It's not that long a drive. Uh, it isn't? No. How'd you come? Like the 405? I took the... Fo- no. I took 10? the 10 mm. to the... One something, sure, the, the one ten, yeah, highway. But like <laughs> Malibu, called. like I don't think I've ever spent any time ever in Malibu. Now, like I just picture, you know, the pictures I've seen of Bob Dylan's mosque-shaped house. Are you like yeah. right around there? We are. Really? We are. <laughs> so actually. you can look out and go like, "There's Bob Dylan's house." Yeah. Oh, do you ever see him at the store? You know, he. I am now friends with his son. Which one? 
Jacob. Oh, okay. The yep. one that everyone knows. Yep. He and his wife are amazing. You know, it's a community with lots of people with young kids and somehow something's in the water, but lots of young boys. Uh-huh. So those of us with young boys, we, we gravitate to each other and some of them are- And Jacob's got a young boy? Yeah. And do they live in that house? No. Oh, okay. No. Does the old man live in that house? I don't know. Oh, see, now- I've I only seen him one time. Who, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a Paul Newman made moment. Me very ner- yeah, we- made me very nervous. I think I know you. I'm Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, no, there's lots of fancy, famous Where'd people you see around him? there at Jacob's house. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and then it felt even weirder because I was like, I I don't want to breach the, you know. Well, oh, you so want to try I, I to act ser- like it's not and Bob the, Dylan? And he was like, like sitting there all by himself, and I thought if this was just a normal person, I would have gone up and introduced myself. I'm a friend of your son, your right, son, but not. But I steered clean. He just sat there. Was by it himself. a party or something? It was the kid's birthday party, and and Bob was just sitting alone for a minute until oh, okay. his son came, and you know people were yeah. And then he looked up and t- like it's just fascinating to me that uh, Bob Dylan would be doing anything. I avoid famous people because I I don't want to be that person. What? That's like, I'm talking, you, I don't want you, you wanna, to think I'm talking to you because you're famous, so I will avoid talking to you. So you mean you don't want to try and act normal? I don't want to try, because he, he's, he's got to know, I, yeah. she's just talking well, my, to me. That's what my friend who who follows him a lot, like he's seen him hundreds follows of times. Follows him? Basically. Oh, goes to see him. Right, right. Because uh, I call him the old Jew, and I think you know he calls him the old Jew. I'm like, do you go to see the old Jew? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who came up with that first, but I like that. I've seen him a couple of times. I saw him one time in uh, when the, uh, VH1 was doing those unplugs, and we were on MTV at the time, I think. And so we got to go to this VH1 thing, and I, I just remember I had the giggles that I was sitting next to Tom Lennon, huge Bob Dylan fan, yeah. and I couldn't stop laughing. I was excited or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I kept. I remember Tom being like, they're going to move us if we don't <laughs> stop laughing. I just was excited, and it was awkward. Tom's very funny. Yes. But isn't is. there like six kids from that original Dylan brood? I mean, doesn't Jacob have like five brothers and sisters? He has some brothers. I don't I don't know his family that I'm sorry. Me. Okay. All right. I'm I, sorry. I'm pressuring you have to get all Dylan. defensive about it. No, no. It's I mean, fine. you got defensive, so I got Defense Did I? I? I realize that like you're my guest, and I'm trying. I'm just needling you for oh, information. No, I would tell Bob you Dylan. if I knew. Who I else do you, you see hanging out at the grocery store um, in Malibu, where you were like, I can't say hi to them. Angeline is there a lot. She's not a. She's a. a you know, one of those kinds of Angeline, yeah, the one who drives the pink car. Off. Yeah, she's in Malibu. Yeah, I don't know if she lives there. You just she's see like a hundred years old. Yeah, she's crazy looking. But the post, the billboards are gone, so I don't know who was bankrolling her, but I don't she see any more Angel. She still does the whole thing. And she drives around that pink car? Pink car. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's... She's like a cartoon character. I, I used, to be able, used to be able to see her drive up and down yeah. Sunset. I know, but you know, I, I could... Do you know the story on her? No. I don't either. Oh, I thought you were about that, to launch no, into this No, I, I mean, all I heard was that like, Somebody she had a, rich, hus- her a rich husband. Tr- yeah, that's all I know. Yeah. That may be the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. And that she just drove around in that car. I don't know what she did. I don't know they, what she they, did. She used to have billboards up with Angeline. There'd be a phone number and that'd be it. And what do you do when you call it? I, can you drive your car here? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hi. We wanted to drive it's that Carrie. pink car by the by the birthday party. I don't know. Are you Angeline? Who okay, else did you bye. see? Nick Nolte? I don't think I've ever seen Nick Nolte. Uh, I don't know who else we've seen. Um, we've got a lot of famous friends who've got kids in the school. You know, the, it's so a very- just people. They're just people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of nice people. Well, that's good that yeah. they're nice. It's not unlike Westport, Malibu, in a way. Apparently, I, although as a kid, it's funny. I remember my mom would say when we were, when I was growing up, "You'll appreciate this place someday." But I was so 
punk rock and I angry. Loved. And I was like, this is so establishment. Everybody has money and nobody's helping anybody. Lots of people were helping people. Sure, Lots of people of were course. doing great art. Lots of people were doing. But all I could see was the, you know, right. the Gucci the, the that upper they just middle put downtown. Class or the upper class thing. Yeah. They're yeah. paving paradise. Sure. Um, that one strip of stores. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I live there, basically. I'm <laughs> the West Coast version and it's fantastic. You're a grown up. Yeah. I know better. Well, thank you, Carrie Kenny. I feel good about this conversation. Do you? I feel so good about it, especially because I, I felt like you were going to make me cry in some way. Or, Why or do you people were gonna think say, that? Because I thought you were going to say, I remember you and you were dot, 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 and it wasn't going to be good. You were always nice and funny. I don't have- Was I? Yeah. I oh, do, good. I don't have any of those things. Okay, Do good. you have some memory of me where no. I was mean to you? No, or? but I think there's a legend of you. That you're that way, but even though you were never, how am I going to make you cry? There's no, I mean, there's no reason to cry if we don't have to. I mean, you know, we we did all I could. Yeah, you You tried. No, I didn't. No, no, I mean, there was. Are you trying now? Because now I feel like I've got to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wait. (laughs) Does this sound like crying, Carrie? No, it's (laughs) laughing. Sorry, it's not going to happen. I'll call you on my way home if it happens. I'll come back. What was your first pet? (laughs) 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 Ha. Gotcha. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Oh, that's our show. What a lovely conversation. Boomy, are you here? Boomy. I love Carrie Kenny. Silver. There, I did it. Put it at the end. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get on the mailing list. Get some merch. Get the app. Look at who's been on the show. Leave some comments. Do what you have to do. As I said at the beginning, three shows this week. Today we had Kerry Kenny Silver. On Wednesday we have Chris Cooper, or Coop, the poster artist and painter. Friday, Lauren Bouchard. I will be at the Magic Bag in Ferndale, Michigan, outside of Detroit, Saturday the 29th. I think I'm going to go take some more oregano oil now. JustCoffee.coop, of course, available. I've got no pow. I shit my pants because I feel like I'm getting sick. Boomy. God damn it, man. If that dumb fucking cat... Hurts my cat again. I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I? Like, what? You can't bully a cat bully. I mean, what am I supposed to say to the cat bully? This is coming out of your own insecurity. Why don't you just cry and accept who you are and not take out your frustration and anger out of your own insecurity on other cats? Is that what I should say to this cat? You think that'll get through? I can't even touch this cat. I got to go find Bruno.